Next on BYU Sports Nation, new year, new BYU basketball resolutions. But the goal remains the same, win a championship. The voice of the Cougars, Gregor Bell, discusses what now for BYU hoops after the loss to St. Mary's. And BYU football will open up the 2018 season against a brand new head coach. Cue up the countdown. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying this Wednesday, January 3rd, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us alongside the one and only Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. As we begin today, we learned very early this morning that the 16th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the prophet Thomas S. Monson, passed away. At this time, we would like to send our love and our greetings to the Monson family as they are dealing with a very hard time. Obviously, he is a prominent figure within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, uh, man, what a legacy he leaves behind. So, with that said, we will continue to do our job um, to President Monson and his family and to all those who uh, looked upon him with such love and respect. Uh, this is obviously a very hard time, but we're going to keep doing what we do, and that's discuss BYU sports, which takes us to today's headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball on the road in West Coast Conference play at San Francisco on Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern tip. BYU headed out of the state for the first time since November 25th. Head coach Dave Rose talked about what it means to go back out on the road, starting with tomorrow's game. And, and it, you know, they run the old Princeton stuff like Air Force used to run, except it's really fast, it's really quick. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to be, you know, really dialed in. We, we, we can't make mistakes defensively or they're going to get an open shot. And- well, we saw San Francisco beat a very good Nevada team. They're capable. They are capable for sure. Although BYU has enjoyed great success against the Dons. Nine in a row. In War Memorial, right? And four in a row on the road, baby. Of note, junior forward Braden Shaw re-injured himself in practice yesterday. Coach Davis said his timetable for return is unknown as for Dalton Nixon, he is week to week and isn't quite ready to return yet. Ryan Andrus, a lot of people have asked about him. Where has he been? Why is he not dressing? He needs surgery on his other knee, and that is your injury update for the BYU basketball team. Tomorrow night, there's also a matchup between uh, the BYU women's team and San Francisco. A couple of six, six and seven teams trying to uh, right the ship in West Coast Conference play. It's on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time with your boy, Spencer Linton, on the call. In the National Football League, Ziggy Ansah named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Color me shocked. Not five quarterback hurries, three sacks. In his season finale against the Packers, he had six sacks in his final two games. Did he have a, a bonus running on that or something? What happened? Well, <laughs> listen, he is an unrestricted free agent now, so you can go ahead and chalk. he's been an chalk, unrestricted free agent his whole life. You can chalk up that bonus right now because yeah, where's he gonna sign? he's going to get paid as that was the last game on his currently constituted rookie contract. Where is he going to go? Is he going to stay in Detroit? Whatever, whatever he does, he's going to get paid. Colby Pearson of the Green Bay Packers, Jerem, also received some good news recently. Yeah, he's signed to a futures contract by the Packers. Denver Broncos also signed Jordan Leslie, as mentioned uh, a few shows ago here. 
uh, to a future contract with the Broncos. He signed with the practice squad in week 17. It was interesting. Jordan Leslie, after the Browns went 0-16, said, I feel like I could have really helped this team this year. On to bigger and better things Listen, in Denver, no one right? can help the Browns. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not even Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Browns. Not even he could help the Browns. Oh, Come man. on. The University of Arizona, Jerem, has fired head coach Rich Rodriguez. What does it mean for BYU? Cougars face a uh, brand-new head coach with Arizona. Now, most of the the uh, would-be head coaches are off the table, right? I mean, Arizona's going to have to grab someone who they weren't expecting to maybe go after at this point. So, uh, like two years ago, there will be a brand-new head coach in the game, right? It was Kalani Satake in 2016. Now Arizona will have a new guy in Tucson. Benefit to BYU. Transitions are difficult. How much will it impact the opening game of the 2018 season? You know where this is leading us, don't you? Unfortunately. <laughs> Countdown to the Wildcats. 241. I'm not sure I'm into it yet. <laughs> January 3rd. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. I don't think I'm in the mood for 241. 241 days. I, I, We've got that one in the can because they opened up against the Wildcats two years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. We still have that one. That audio is not fresh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little mold on that. Oh my goodness! Hey, it's good to good to see football highlights. Oh, it's there. interesting, however, that and you bring up a good point. Who's available? Who's available to be a head coach? I mean, th- there'll be somebody. Um, Tennessee looked after everybody and kind of limited that pool, but we'll see. Some Pac-12 coordinator laid, and I don't know. Here's the deal: the early signing period for football. Arizona just signed 16 dudes. And now, now they have a different head coach. Now they have a different head coach. I wonder how that affects that signing period in the future. Yeah, how do those guys feel? I would feel burned. Ooh, not good. Time to change the tenor of that. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. New year, same goal for BYU basketball, and that goal is to win a West Coast Conference championship. We don't say those words out loud very much, by the way, which is good. I like that you said it. Steve Cleveland said, hey, we need to say that out loud. Win a West Coast Conference championship. Do you feel like BYU was any closer to that goal after their most recent game against St. Mary's? That question to all of BYU Sports Nation. Last Saturday's showdown against the Gales was definitely the barometer game, the gauge game for this specific BYU team, which ushers in our Twitter question today. What did the outcome of the BYU versus St. Mary's game tell us about this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Team. BYU basketball is a young team with limited experience of being uh, in situations this season where they've had to make the last second shots with the game online, but we'll grow from this experience and use it as motivation to not let this kind of game slip away from the team. To answer your question, is BYU closer to winning a championship? No, because they lost a, a St. Zaga game at home. You can't lose those if you want to win a title, in my opinion. Granted, uh, BYU is more, was more competitive against St. Mary's than last year, but I'm not sure I'm ready to play the moral victory card of, well, BYU didn't lose by as much. I, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. The unfortunate reality of losing to St. Mary's at home is that BYU, won, blew it. They were up six with four minutes to go, had the ball with the last shot. Um, so that's, that's on BYU at home. You need to win that game. You need to finish that game. And two, like you said, that was a barometer game. We thought that BYU was the third best team in the league going into the season. Out of non-conference play, we thought maybe BYU was the second. Maybe even first. Maybe. But BYU is the third best team in the league. 
after that game. We, BYU is who we thought they were. Okay, it's one game, though. So you're ready to make that declaration after one game? Like, yes, they still because have, it's They St. still Mary's. have another game against St. Mary's. They have two games against Gonzaga. Like, automatically, because they didn't hit the shot at the end of regulation, they're the third best team, period, it's over? Yes, because there's been no progress forward. BYU oh. stayed in the same place. It was a home game. That's why okay, it makes Okay, if Zach Selyus makes a home that game. shot, like, how much different is your tune? That BYU is the second-best team in the league, challenging for the conference title early. If he makes – that's how finicky it is? He, make, he makes that yes, shot Yes, because it sudden, decides a win or a loss. Yes, the result of the game matters. I didn't say that it doesn't matter, but – Explain yourself, then. We have got – come on. They lost by 31 the last time they played St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Play, play it. Moral victory. Play that sounder. It That's is moral. a moral victory. victory. Okay. Yes. We count it those is now? a moral victory. Why are we counting We those? can't be so dramatic because if Zach makes that shot, all of a sudden, like, they're not the third best team in the league. Like, they're better than St. Mary's if he makes that one shot. Wait, so you feel progress based on losing by less? Absolutely I do. Are you kidding me? Three... Let's revisit the three games against St. Mary's last year, shall we? Were they close, Jerem? Were they close? Did no. you feel like BYU had a shot in any of those games? I want, I want you to change your Twitter handle to this. Oh, my goodness. Moral victory. You need to write that with the Sharpie so people listen, can see listen, it. Listen, BYU made progress. That's hey, nice. Yes! But did BYU, yes! did BYU make actual progress? Yes! By losing to St. Mary's at home. At this point, BYU's pacing for third in the league and out of the NCAA tournament. That's what they were last year. You can't be so That's dramatic. That's what BYU was last year. You can't be year. so dramatic about one game. Like, they're the third best team, period. It's over. It's one game. They still have three combined games against St. Mary's. I'm saying right now. I'm not saying what they okay, will be. What if? But they're also pacing for that. You can't lose at home to St. Mary's and then be like, listen, everything's great. Everything's going to be fine. I didn't say it was great, but you, progress is progress, man. Progress is progress. All I see is that BYU lost the the easiest game to win of St. I don't the think four it against St. Zaga. I don't think was it is. the home game against St. Mary's. The home game against Gonzaga, I think, is a more winnable game for BYU than the home game against St. Mary's. You think BYU still doesn't match up, or still matches up better with Gonzaga? Yes. I, I just think I just think BYU lost a game at home they should have won, and and unfortunately BYU's got to bounce back from this, and now they probably need to win a road game against St. Mary's or Gonzaga. To be, because what's the point here? Answer the point me this. is to get into the NCAA tournament, right? Of course it is. Okay, BYU's got to win. Probably They probably need three wins against St. Zaga between now and the end of the WCC tournament. Three? To get into the tourney? Three? You're if gonna, they get three wins against St. Zaga, then BYU's going to win 28 games this year. The cut line. 28! The cut line on team rankings, by the way, for the wins that would get you in or not. 27. There's a, like a 50, 40% jump or something. The, the, I, don't, I don't like being like everything's fine after losing the most winnable St. Zach game, in my opinion. I just, I just, I'm not comfortable with that idea. It, listen, how much progress is there do you feel, if you're in the same position as you like were last year? They're not in the same position as they were last year. Yes, you lost to St. Mary's at home. You're probably the third best team in the league. They I were eleven and two coming out of non-conference. Not in the same position as last year. Wait, sorry, are they in the NCAA tournament right now, according to Lenardi? No, they're out and they're probably they weren't even be close to being discussed at this point last year. They're, they're at least still being not discussed. The point is whether you're in or not. The point is whether you're in or not. Progress is progress. They you can't. Yes, tell but me to that what end? They're not in. 
<laughs> give them time. They still have opportunities. I will give them time. And you know what the best opportunity was for BYU at home? To beat St. Mary's. Down to the Disagree. wire, got the ball. I, I think Gonzaga is the most a, winnable game at home. That was a home. huge missed opportunity. But now you have to win that game against Gonzaga at home. Do you if feel you like St. BYU? Mary's, you didn't have to. Do you feel like BYU has a chance to win in Moraga? Sure. Ah, but they more have than less. they did last year? More than they yes. did last year. Then progress. No. Progress is winning. Progress isn't the losing by less. You can't be so finicky. Points. Like, it's one game. BYU I'm not finicky. I'm looking at wins games. and losses. A win and a loss. Oh, my goodness. I'm not saying BYU can't get to the NCAA tournament. I'm just saying the climb is much harder now. And, and how much pro- – okay, BYU was a three seed in the NIT last year. Mm-hmm. Are they making progress? That's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. You know our homies at NYC Buckets. Really? Are, are you're the, basing the your argument on N- NYC Buckets? No, we're basing it off of everything else I've said that you've heard. But adding to it with this, BYU's a five seed in the current NYC Buckets. <laughs> oh, no! But more importantly, that was a home game, and BYU supposed should have won that game. Yeah, it stinks to lose. It does. But... <laughs> If that shot goes in, then is everything so wildly different? Yes, because you won the game, dog. Oh, you can't. Mm. So I can't. Sorry, I can't base my uh, my argument on wins and losses. You already lost, you and can somehow base it on whatever you great. want. I'm just saying it's super knee jerk to think because that shot doesn't go in and BYU loses, all of a sudden, like in stone, they're the third best team in the conference. BYU is the third best team in the conference right now. What have they done to be any higher? <laughs> what? A, who have the other teams beaten? Who have the other teams beaten? Like St. Mary's has a worse loss than BYU has on their resume against Washington State. Oh, and St. Mary's higher in Lenardi's. Crazy. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Hashtag BYUSN and join us, won't you? What did the outcome of the BYU-St. Mary's game tell us about this season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At Burton underscore Chad with this tweet. It told us we are young and very talented. Yes, BYU is young and talented, but we already knew that, didn't we? I'm seeing two players shine in particular. We we already knew that BYU was young and talented. BYU needed more TJ Haas in that game, Saturday. At Lasership, BYU can no longer lose a non-St. Zaga game and be conference champs. They need to truly focus on the next game every game. I think that I'm not they, talking about winning the league. I'm talking about being second. San Diego can get in there and sneak a win against one of these three teams. Like, it, there's some parity there. Up next, Greg Rebell will join our conversation. How does he feel about BYU's chances in the WCC now? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag BYUSN whenever you would like to speak with us, at us, engage. <laughs> I, I we wish talked at a lot I, on Twitter. I wish you could see, yeah. I wish you could see the conversation during the breaks, okay? Because some all, – all of this is authentic. Okay? <laughs> So during the break, we're still discussing. Discussing, yeah. yes. Yeah. Do you feel better about BYU's yes. chances? Yes. Women's Hoops, by the way, play San Francisco as well tomorrow. It's at home, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. I'll be there. You will be there. I hope I'm there, because if I'm not, then there are some serious problems. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> what did the outcome of the BYU St. Mary's men's basketball game tell us about the overall season? This in from Instagram, BYU underscore spindle. BYU can have an amazing season. We just need the older guys to really step up as leaders in high-pressure situations. Who is an older guy? T.J. Hawes? He's a sophomore. Who's an older guy? T.J. looks older. <laughs> okay. But th- there, are no se- no there are no seniors. And one freshman. And the youngest player is probably your best player. Yoli, don't call me Eli. <laughs> Yoeli. You can't spell Child. Yoli without Eli. <laughs> Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, who hopefully can bring some clarity to the conversation that Jeremy and I were just having about BYU's overall season following the St. Mary's loss. Greg, what did we learn about this BYU basketball team from the St. Mary's game? Well, first of all, good morning. As I come to you live from uh, Gates, B is in Bravo 13 at Salt Lake City International Airport, uh, ready to hit the road. Hit the friendly skies for San Francisco, BYU at USF tomorrow night. That said, what we learned is that uh, BYU is good enough to beat St. Mary's. Uh, BYU had that game uh, more or less in control, led for 30-plus minutes, uh, just couldn't finish it out. But against an experienced St. Mary's team that is among the most efficient offensive teams in all of college basketball, BYU held St. Mary's below their traditional performance averages and had that game in hand. Just couldn't finish it out. Some execution uh, issues late. But really, I, I think it was an encouraging performance from BYU that shows they are good enough to beat that team. And the great thing is, guys, they get one more crack at that team. If you win in Moraga, it's a split. No matter how you got it, it's a split. And, uh, and that's what BYU will seek later on this month. But a lot to be done between now and then. B-Gate, uh, is that where Popeyes is? I think you can grab me. Grab me some Popeyes on your way out, maybe? Uh, I'm about 50 feet away from it. Yeah, that's what, I knew it. I knew it. It's so sad you know that. Yeah. Okay, uh, my concern with the St. Mary's loss is, to me, that was the easiest of the, we call them St. Zaga, St. Mary's Gonzaga, the St. Zaga games at home. Now the climb is difficult. Now you're, now you're probably needing to win a road game to, to have progress. And that was kind of the, the debate, Greg. Obviously, BYU was better in the non-con than they were last year. They're, they were fantastic. But – but uh, to not beat St. Mary's at home, you don't want to cruise into third place um, going into Vegas. You want to slide into second or even compete for the, for the championship. So what does BYU maybe need to do the rest of the way in the league to ensure that they're not the third-place team? Well, you know, it, it was a critical loss, but it's not fatal because you get them one more time. And, again, if you get the split, you get the split no matter how you got it. If it's a, if it's a road win and a home loss, so be it. Uh, if you consider Gonzaga to be a tournament lock, and it's tough to argue against that. They've never missed the tournament with Mark Few. And if you believe the uh, the WCC to be a two but not a three-bed league, it behooves you to be the second team somehow finishing ahead of St. Mary's one way or the other. Whether it's done in the regular season, whether it's done in Las Vegas, uh, it's going to come down to how BYU performs against Gonzaga and St. Mary's, knowing that it was the games to other teams, the games against other teams historically, that have kept BYU from contending for that conference championship uh, toward the end of the season. So, again, there's, there's so much basketball left to be played before we can make too many pronouncements. We're two games into an 18-game conference campaign, and they get the Gales one more time. They've played St. Mary's just once of the four regular season times they'll see them. Maybe once of only the five or six times they'll see them overall once we get uh, get to March. So, so much basketball left to be played. And, again, I think you take the encouraging signs of how BYU played, look to tidy things up, some things up so you have a better chance of finishing when you play them down at their place. 
Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, with us on BYU Sports Nation, getting ready for his flight to San Francisco, where he will call the game against the Dons tomorrow night, 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain Tip. Listen to it live on BYU Radio. Greg, what is next for BYU basketball in terms of the quote-unquote big game? Tomorrow night. You know, I, 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 I think it's uh, you know, somewhat cliche to say every conference game is your next big game, but it's really true. Uh, as we've talked about before, uh, you know, BYU's done, you know, just well enough against St. Mary's and Gonzaga historically to be in the mix had they been able to handle a few more of those lower-tier games that tend to trip BYU up historically. And so uh, while you don't want to consider USF or Pacific or USF to be considered a, a lower-tier team because clearly they're in the top five of the WCC, it's those other games that, uh, that have kind of, again, uh, handcuffed BYU historically. And, uh, and so USF, a team that's already uh, beaten Nevada, and by the numbers, uh, you know, the best or second-best non-conference win uh, for the WCC, uh, USF at home tomorrow night, despite the fact that BYU has beaten them nine times in a row, has never lost them at, on the hilltop as a member of the WCC. That is your next big game. And uh, it's a great opportunity to show BYU, and it's a bounce-back ability coming off that weekend disappointment. Okay, you're jumping on a plane for the first time in a long time. Uh, and that brings us to a stat that matters, Greg. So BYU, uh, when you combine its three true away wins this year with its three true away wins to end last year, that's six true away wins consecutively, guys, by my math. And uh, if you check the, uh, the the current NCAA stats, you'll find that the fifth longest current streak for true away wins in Division One basketball. Uh, the teams ahead of BYU are Middle Tennessee, Kansas, St. Mary's, which, by the way, extended a streak by beating BYU on the weekend, and um, somebody else I'm forgetting. It's, uh, Just make it, up it, a name. It, and Dayton. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it, it was Middle Tennessee. It was Kansas. It was St. Mary's. And um, I think it was Chattanooga. Somebody, somebody it. else good. No, it, 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 was, it was a big-name team. And it's uh, somebody really good. And I tweeted about it yesterday, so go to my tweets and find out what, who it was. But either way, BYU has the fifth-longest current streak of uh, active, uh, true away wins. By the way, the streak began where? at San Francisco uh, last year. Ah. So they beat, U- they beat USF, uh, Portland, Gonzaga last year, and this year Princeton, Utah Valley, and Utah State for six straight true away wins. And so that's the, uh, the uh, endeavor tomorrow night is to make it seven. Okay, so on the drive for seven straight true road wins, San Francisco stays in the way at this point. What would you say to all BYU fans if you were giving them a crash course, very quick summary on what San Francisco basketball is and the style of play they bring? Well, uh, the style of play is uh, very intense defensively and and not so much frenetic offensively, but very three-point dependent and not terribly efficient. Um, They don't shoot a great number from three, but they shoot so many threes that that, that they tend to make up some ground that way. And so, again, their offensive efficiency numbers are not very good. The defensive efficiency numbers are very, very good. And, and, and they're three-point dependent on offense and love to take away the three on offense. And they're disruptive. Teams don't usually get their assist average against San Francisco. So uh, uh, they're a great defensive rebounding team. You don't get a lot of second-chance looks against USF. And they play a ton of guys. Coach Kyle Smith uh, has really varied his starting lineups this year from, from game to game, has played a ton of guys as a result. 
and eight of his players have played against BYU, scored against BYU before, whereas only three Cougars have played and scored against San Francisco. So he's got more guys who've been in this situation against BYU than BYU has the other way around. That's a quick look at USF. Sule Boom is their leading scorer as a true freshman. And so while it's a very veteran USF team, it's this youngster, Boom, that's had a huge impact on uh, on the Don so far. And again, they've been up and down, hit and miss, but the win over Nevada shows you just how good USF can be. Boom, and by go- the way, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm still really bugged by the fact that I can't remember that last team. <laughs> could, I'm, I'm going to look right I now. I couldn't tell. Uh, boom goes to Dynamite for sure tomorrow. By the way, San yeah, Francisco but- beat Nevada, or Nevada, depending on where you're from, uh, who's number 31 in Kempon. That was a good win. But, right. But, but- at, the time, at the time, they were number 29, which was at the time that, that, that the best non-conference win for the WCC. Since then, the Creighton uh, win by Gonzaga's slightly slipped ahead of it. So uh, it's like the second best non-conference win. But either way, the Nevada win shows you just, just how good this USF team is. And uh, hopefully Spencer is scrolling through my tweets from yesterday to find out who that fourth team was because it's really bugging me. Yeah, he is. And there's a lot of tweets, Greg. It's hard to uh, it's hard. To well, you know, I, I do tweet a lot, and uh, <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. But uh, it, was, it, was middle, it was Middle Tennessee, it was Kansas, it was St. Mary's, and it was one other team. Wichita State. BYU. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Okay, we buried the lead here. Uh, a few years ago, and I don't know if this problem has continued at San Francisco, uh, but in the middle of your postgame, they would be putting up the the bleachers no, no, slamming them away chairs, yeah. no no yeah putting them slamming, away yeah yeah exactly. is this still an issue on the hilltop well I, I think because we play Thursday and do they host the game Saturday if they're on if they're on the road Saturday it's going to be a problem um, <laughs> if they if if they're home Saturday then they'll likely keep the seats up but if they're if they're traveling like if they hit the road again then they're likely to be slamming those seats and and that has been yeah that has <laughs> been the uh, the lodestone around my neck. It, it's been, uh, yeah, that's it. it uh, yeah, they're on the road. Not a, not a fun situation. They're right, on the road, so you're in trouble. Yeah, and yeah, we, we've actually made the request at times. They actually stopped doing it just so we could hear Dave Rose, uh, you know, without interruption. And sometimes they 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 they, they lay off. And sometimes they just keep going. But uh, yeah, it's quite the deal. These these guys. <laughs> good, good game. <laughs> Can't, no, wait, can't like, wait for that. It, it, it sounds like cannon blast every five seconds. <laughs> yeah. McKay Cannon is the one behind them. Yeah, they, they, them they, they, slam, they slam down these, um, these these seats, these rows of seats. And these are 10 or 20 rows of seats, and they just slam them down as they pull these seats back in. And it's uh, anyone who's heard our post games at, at USF, as Jeremy is referring to, knows what we deal with there. So, yeah, now I'm, now I'm already worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, your patience will be greater if BYU is coming off of a win, and we hope for that. Uh, Greg, we know you got to get on your flight, but not before we need the latest edition of A Cool Thing About Canada. So uh, it actually has to do with, uh, with President Monson. Um, so he was named an apostle in 1963. From 1959 to 1962, he was the president of the Canadian Mission. There was one mission in Canada. Wow. It was, called the, it was called the Canadian Mission, and he was a mission president at the age of 31. Whoa. So at the age of 31, he went to Canada in 1959 and presided over the Canadian Mission, which comprised all of Ontario and Quebec at the time. When he got there, there was one LDS meeting house in all of Ontario, Quebec. Ontario, Quebec. And by 1964, there were 12 meeting houses. Uh, he presided over a period of great growth of the church in Canada, and he was the mission president of the Canadian Mission from 1959 to 1962, President Thomas S. Monson. Fantastic That's tribute. Awesome. Oh, great stuff right there. And that the mission home was located in Toronto, right? Yeah, yes, and uh, and later on, uh, you know, when the Toronto-Ontario Temple was dedicated, he, of course, returned for that. 
but uh, he was instrumental in, in the first ever stake center built in, uh, in, in, in Canada, in Ontario and Quebec. He was, uh, he was actually there serving as mission president when that happened. So, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was a mission president, but he was also kind of the, um, he kind of led the church in those two provinces for those years because there wasn't a lot of leadership at the time. And so he was, uh, again, a big part of it. Fantastic stuff. Greg? We wish you safe travels to San Francisco, and uh, we always appreciate a cool thing about Canada, the ideal of kindness and compassion, President Thomas S. Monza. Thank you so much, Greg. You bet, guys. Have a great day. All right, Greg Rebell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Greg, not remembering a single factoid and thinking about the chairs now. I've, we've created so much stress for him. <laughs> we're, we're so sorry. <laughs> Which Wichita State, he, like, he, he doesn't forget things. Like, he has his mind as a lock for facts. I believe that he is mostly human. I can't confirm that, though. Well, he had, he had a human moment on the show. He, he forgot, it's good for him to have a human moment. He forgot something for a second. He has a lot of human moments during games. <laughs> what did the He's outcome? Excited. What did the outcome of the BYU-St. Mary's game tell us about this overall season? Again, coming in from Instagram, at ben.jammin94. BYU is a team with a lot of talent and potential, but they are still really young, and it shows in high-pressure situations. More experience will be better, right? Coming up, BYU is playing their first out-of-state road game since Thanksgiving. Is that a big deal? And I debut my West Coast Conference Player of the Year power poll. Is Yoli Childs number one? If he's not, I'll be shocked. Welcome back, sports friends. On a Wednesday, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, nationally simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Shall we refresh the headlines, Jerem? Let us. Okay. Starting with BYU men's basketball, who for the first time since late November are on the road in West Coast Conference play at San Francisco. We just talked to Greg Rebelli. He's about to board his flight to San Francisco Better and give me them Popeyes. get ready for the game at War Memorial Gymnasium, <laughs> shutting the seats. <laughs> Hopefully BYU wins a fifth consecutive at War Memorial Gymnasium. 11 p.m. Eastern tip, 9 Mountain. Junior forward Braden Shaw re-injured himself in practice yesterday. Coach Dave Rose said his timetable for return is unknown. Also, Dalton Nixon injury news week to week, according to the coach, and isn't quite ready to return. Ryan Andrus will have surgery soon on his other knee, so those guys unavailable. Tomorrow night, there's also a matchup uh, between BYU and San Francisco on the women's side. Live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time. Both teams 6 and 7. The Cougars trying to take care of business at home. In the NFL, Ziggy Ansah, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Five quarterback hurries, three sacks in his season finale against the Green Bay Packers. Ziggy played the final game of his rookie contract and did so in dominating fashion. Can Jamal Williams block Ziggy at some point there? Come on. Ziggy can become an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Will he remain in Detroit? Wherever he goes, the man will be paid. Get out of there. Colby Pearson, one of five players on the Green Bay Packers practice squad to be signed to a futures contract, by the way. And the Denver Broncos also signed Jordan Leslie to a futures contract. Leslie signed with the Broncos practice squad in Week 17. The University of Arizona has fired head football coach Rich Rodriguez. Why in the world are we discussing that in our BYU Sports Nation headlines? Because the Cougars open up the season against 
the Wildcats of Arizona to begin the 2018 football campaign. Another new head coach for BYU in game number one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you're you're coming along. Yeah, we're 35 minutes in. I'm warmed up now. You're getting there. Yes. <laughs> and if you want to know how many days it is, download the podcast. Yeah, we're not telling you. Because the countdown did Don't happen. Don't be lazy. Look it up. I am so excited to unveil for the first time in the history of BYU Sports Nation. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is significant. The West Coast Conference Player of the Year Power Poll. Let's go. Spencer Linton's WCC Player Power Rankings. <laughs> the times I dream. It's too slow for the uh, like, be like Mike song. No, that, that song is the open to a NCAA college basketball game on Xbox 360. Yes. <laughs> That's what they used like. to do it's the menus. Things. It's the menus. Before screen. Ed O'Bannon ruined it for all of us. Or was it Charles? On, I don't remember. Whatever, the O'Bannon curse. Okay, we have been discussing for a couple of months now. Uh, we, you. Well, we have discussed this. We have talked about this, right? I have not agreed. <laughs> that, that wasn't what I said. I just said we discussed and, it. And this on the heels of the St. Mary's BYU game is fantastic. Perfect. And I have said that Yoli Childs is the best player in the West Coast Conference. Okay? <sighs> He's good, but how good? That's the question. After witnessing what happened between BYU and St. Mary's. Yeah. Perhaps there is a shakeup atop the West Coast Conference power poll. What? But I'm going to make you wait just a little bit longer. Why? Start with number five, Jerem. What is this? The college football playoff? Yes, it is. Number five in my WCC Player of the Year power poll right now is one of your favorite players. Oh, oh. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Emmett Nahr, St. Mary's. He will be texting you for your home teaching numbers at the end of the month. Listen, he averages a double-double, uh, just about a double-double with assists and points. He's a good player. Nine and a half good assists player. a game. Yeah. Number two in the country. Mm-hmm. Scores 11 points. He's really, really smart Yet he's ball. number five. Wow. Number five. Okay. Number four, Elijah Bryant. BYU. Wait, I thought his name was Yoli Bryant. I've been watching the games. Stop it. <laughs> Can't spell Yoli without Eli. He's I like number four. I like that pick because I think Elijah Bryant might be the best backcourt player in the league. He's oh, good. You could, you could argue. He scores well. Star. He can pass yeah. the ball well. He yeah. rebounds really well for a goal. Star makes your team better. Elijah Bryant is a better one-on-one player. There's a difference. Correct. And in some ways, I want this poll to be a one-on-one power poll. I know you do. (laughs) Number three, Jonathan Williams, Gonzaga. Really athletic. He's improved a lot from what I saw last year. Like, just his ability to make free throws, to get to the hoop. He's more explosive around. He's become the alpha male because Shemek Karnowski is out of there. And Nigel Williams-Goss isn't controlling the ball as much. Like, he's the guy for Gonzaga. Yeah, Williams is good. He had 39 in the game in the uh, PK-80 tournament. He's good. He can play. But he's not as good as Yoli Childs. Yoli at two? The question is, who is number two in this poll? And it is Yoli Childs. And there are some – yes, I'm eating some crow right now. Okay? How does it taste? It doesn't taste very good. And this is not to say that Yoli can't jump back up to number one. This is a regular thing we're going to do, right? Like weekly? Yes. Let's go, man. Yeah, I like it. Whether it's weekly or once every two weeks. Yeah. Just keep in mind, you do have to update this. 
This is, this is a weekly task. I'm happy to okay. do so. Okay, you're not getting paid I'm happy to do so. So <laughs> in at number two in the first ever WCC Player of the Year Power Poll is Yoli Childs of BYU. Had a fantastic showing against St. Mary's. Oh, he was awesome. Jeez. 29 points, new career high. I mean, he's a double-double machine, right? <laughs> but he has less double-doubles than our number one player in this power poll, and that is Jock Landau of St. Mary's. And guess what? This is the correct order. The dude does what he wants down in the post. He's fantastic. Like, who's going to stop him? Karnowski, gone. Like, I think Jock Landale is the reason St. Mary's is going to beat Gonzaga at least one time this year. At least once in the yeah. regular season. Yeah, yeah, I think those Who, games Who's going to defend him? Yes. Williams can't stop him. Well, they have they have Tilly and Williams. They have a couple of guys care. to throw at him. That I, are, well, well, Gonzaga for someone else to make a play because we saw the Alex Hornibrook from Wisconsin performance on the basketball court. Hornibrook was 18 of 19, unstoppable. Chris, yeah, he missed two shots, right? BYU let land it. They, they, were, they were saying, beat us with twos, not threes. And it almost worked, but it didn't in overtime. BYU got a little tired and Landau was too much. I wish that BYU would have gone after Landau with four fouls a little more. Uh, but that's that. I like your order. In fact, I agree with it, like, completely. Wow. Uh, Jock Land- Here's the thing. Will Maupin made a fantastic point the other day on the show. He said he thinks Yoli um, Childs and Elijah Bryant are going to basically – uh, cancel each other out for a potential player of the year. I agree with because that Because both idea. will have big games. Yes. That like, yeah. I agree with that. Two great players. The fact that you have two really good players eliminates the idea that one will emerge over the other. Also, I don't think that in that situation, uh, with two good players and being, if BYU is the third best team in the league, you've got to, Kyle Collinsworth won player of the year as on the third best team in the league, right? Or were they tied for second? I'm trying to remember. BYU wasn't the champ. That doesn't necessarily matter. But Jock Landau, like, if he doesn't win player of the year, I'll be surprised. The dude does he's what he wants. clearly the best player. He, he does what he wants. You could argue he's a, uh, like, first-team All-American, second-team All-American. He's legit. Like, like the, the only child is not an All-American quite yet. He could get to that in the next couple of seasons. But Jock Landau's legit. And we saw it on his play. That's what's fabulous about this poll. Yoli, what if, jo- if Jock Landau has a bad week and Yoli has a great week? Boop. Number one! Wait. Okay, can we establish something? No ties? No ties. No ties. This. No you got to go. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, absolutely. No ties. Uh, uh, no, number no two. ties. Yeah. This is one through yes. five straight ties up. Ties are for soccer, okay? Not and, for the power church. poll. Not for the West soccer Coast Conference. Church. Player of the year power poll. There are no ties. Right now, Jock Landale, top of the poll. Also, like he's treated like the number one player <laughs> in the West Coast Conference. Our homies at WCC Holy officials. Holy I, the Landale rules is what they called it on Twitter. Well, he, he plays with a different set of rules. The I, Landale rules. I read rules. the book, The Jordan Rules. Yeah, the Landale rules. <laughs> but you don't lose a game because of officiating. You lose a game because you don't force someone else to make a play there. Now, you know who agrees with and me? And you don't Jim? hit a shot at the very end. You know who agrees with me about this power poll? Mm. Dave Rose. Listen to this. You know, we tried to mix things up with Jock, but he was just too good all night long. I mean, we 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 got him to make some mistakes and, and turn the ball over a little bit. But when he's down there in that block, he's as good as any low post scorers we played against. What did the outcome of the yeah. BYU St. Mary's game tell us about this season? Well, right now in week number one of the Power Poll, that Jock Landell is the best player in the West Coast Conference. Yeah, he's really good. He's really really good. Holy cow! Hey, That's coming he up, wants. he does what he wants, like you on the show. Coming up, Jimmer gets buckets again, and a Cougar gets Player of the Week honors overseas. And BYU 
as we have mentioned a few times, will face a new head coach in how many days? And is that a big deal or no deal? Let's discuss that next, because we do discuss. Amen. President Thomas S. Monson, as we should note, has passed away. We'll have more on his legacy throughout the week on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Indeed, and women's hoops play San Francisco tomorrow at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. We've got a loaded lineup, by the way. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we've got four live games, including the debut of men's volleyball. Third-ranked men's volleyball, Friday night. Bring on Loyola. Are they the Ramblers? Yes. Is that right? Yes. The Loyola Ramblers. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good luck and in the, the Smithfield House. Lewis Flyers. Good luck in the Smithfield House. What did the outcome of the BYU basketball against St. Mary's game tell us about the season? Hashtag BYUSN at 10. Dog tweets in that BYU can hang with good teams, but they need someone to step up as the third consistent scorer. Amen. And BYU needs to give Peyton Dastrup more minutes. Now, that's a thing, right? Uh, Dave he didn't Rose play last, a ton in the second half. Right. He's not played more than 15 minutes during this five-game stretch. Um, will we see more Peyton Dastrup? Dave Rose last night said that he's hoping that Peyton continues to progress and can become a bigger part. Really, though, does it make a difference who you put on Jock Landale? Peyton did a pretty good job. Yeah, well, what, what was what – yeah. Well, one-on-one, on one, uh, uh, Jock Landale is going to win versus – Whoever. Yoli, Luke. I mean, Whoever, right? Yeah. yeah. 13 and 15? Yeah. Okay. It's time with BYU headed back out on the road that we open up Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Number one, Ben Bagley. Not really number one. Just my reaction, Big Deal, No Deal to Spencer's Power Pole. Wow. Big Deal. Yes. A A new number one? On the first one? Wow, There's a new number impressive. one, and it's UCF, National Champs. They're, oh, hey, they're hanging a banner there, AD. That's cute. Uh, hey, number one, big deal, no deal. BYU playing their first out-of-state road game since just after Thanksgiving. This is a big deal. I make fun of St. Mary's for not leaving California. BYU hasn't left Utah in nine games, but played true road games with Utah Valley and Utah State. Uh, BYU did take two East Coast trips before that, so... I, I go big deal. It's different to leave the state. Yeah, I say no deal because of the things that you just brought up. BYU has played true road games. They have been out of the state. So while it's been a while, like the Cougars got their fill of the road <laughs> early in the season, right? East so Coast. It's just not it's not that big of a deal. Now they're going to right the now. best coast. Ah, yeah. Well that it's, debate. It's much, much warmer, that's for sure. Number two. Jerem mentioned this last segment, big deal, no deal, not being able to foul out Jacques Landau. Big deal. Uh, BYU wins the game if they get Jacques Landau to foul out. They do. And he got his fourth foul, and that I, I thought BYU could have been a little more aggressive in that. You don't want to change the game plan completely, but you want to at least look for it. I thought that maybe that was a missed opportunity for BYU. That absolutely is a big deal when you can't foul out the number one player in my West Coast Conference Power player rankings or whatever the verbiage is. <laughs> okay? Yes, it's a big deal. Now, honestly, 
I thought Jock Landale committed five fouls. I thought he committed four in the first half. He he committed five fouls, but he didn't convince the referees. BYU did not convince the referees that you he did. You need to convince refs. They need to make calls. He plays by a different set of rules. I need to convince my wife, not refs, right? It's di- different. Listen, to foul out Jock Landale, you need to get him to foul at least six or seven times, right? <laughs> <laughs> The Landale rules. Those are the Landale rules. Bunch of whiners and BYU officiating <laughs> since day one. Remember, Jamie Zaninovich is the commissioner. We're in Vegas doing stuff. We're just shooting a true blue. Year one. And Dave McCann's like, what about the refs? And Jamie's like, ah, the BYU fans I know. <laughs> Year one. Year one. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Spencer, this one's just for you. Thank you. Being in the top 12 out in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. Can I, can I go first? I, th- I thought they were they were considered. Can I go Can I go first? I didn't know that it was top 12. I hey, whatever. Top. Whether it's t- you're in the top 12 or you're considered, at this point, that proves that BYU has made progress compared to last year. They, they didn't sniff any of this at any point last season. I agree with you that BYU's made progress. But BYU is still pacing for third in the league and out of the NCAA tournament. So how much progress is there? It's two games into the league. No deal. How can it be pacing? No deal. Play two West Coast Conference because games. How you can matched it be pacing? Up with, you matched up with one of the top two teams and you lost. You get to play three of four you still against You cannot be those. in the top two after a loss to one of the top two and be like, we're on the same level. That's like really? Utah State. Really? That's like Utah State beating BYU this year and being like, we're on the same level. They went to a bowl game. Like, you're not on the same level. You had a better year and a better <laughs> game. Also, you lost to New Mexico State in a bowl game. At least we went to a bowl game. Congratulations. Yes. Yes, congratulations. Now, now is not the time to go, go back after Utah to the State. farm, milk the cows, and be quiet. <laughs> BYU, if Zach Selyus makes that shot, is it that much dramatically different? Yes, there would be a lot of drama of a in a buzzer-beating shot by Zach All of a sudden, like, BYU... <laughs> Could win the? Could they win the conference? Would you be saying they could win the conference? Yes. Ah, now they're locked third because they missed one shot. They're not locked third. They're pacing. Pacing after two games? Yes, because you lost to one of the top two. Don't oh, Utah State me? It's a big deal. Get that St. Mary's face out again. That was my avatar, by the I way, know. for a whole day. It throws me off. I'm like, oh, what did I tweet? <laughs> All I, right. I, cha- I changed it late last night. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Arizona hosting BYU in 241 days with a new head coach. I think it's a big deal. Whenever you change that coach, that changes the entire dynamic of a program, right? Um, Big deal. Big deal. Is it a big deal that it's 241 days away, though? No. (laughs) No. That was not the question. This is perfect. Big deal, yes, they have a new coach. No deal, it's 241 days away. Correct. That is truth. That's not even an opinion. That's just a fact. You can hear me, Jason Shepard. I love it so much. What did the outcome of the BYU basketball St. Mary's game tell us about this season at Laser Sheep? BYU can no longer lose a non-St. Zaggy game and be conference champs. They need to focus on the next game, every game, and that's San Francisco tomorrow. Coming up. We like this tweet so much we read it twice. Yeah, plus two cooks sign new NFL deals. Who are they? Wait, what? Did I miss something? And a Cougar getting overseas honors. This happens a lot lately. In the Navy? Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together.
BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to Greg Rebell joining us today on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And coming up this week, loaded shows. We are back at it. Jeff Judkins. Jeff Judkins. And Sean Olmstead, men's volleyball coach, will join us. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Men's team's on the road. Headed to San Francisco today to play the Dons tomorrow. 11 p.m. Eastern tip. That is a late tip, man. You can uh, listen to it live on BYU Radio pregame at 10. BYU headed out of the state for the first time since November 25th. Injury notes. Forward Braden Shaw re-injured himself in practice yesterday. Unknown when he will return. Dave Rose, the head coach, said Dalton Nixon is week-to-week and isn't ready to return yet either. Ryan Anders will have surgery on his other knee very soon. Women's basketball. BYU versus San Francisco in Provo live at 9 Eastern time tomorrow on BYU TV. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, had three sacks in the season finale against the Packers. He's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Where is he going to land? And Colby Pearson, one of five players on the Green Bay Packers practice squad, signed to a futures contract. The Denver Broncos also signed Jordan Leslie to a futures contract. Leslie signed with the Broncos in Week 17. Football. University of Arizona's fired head coach, Rich Rodriguez. What does this mean for BYU? The Cougars will face a new head coach in Tucson to open the season. And congratulations to Jennifer Hampson, who is the player of the week in her league in Australia. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jeremy, I would like to give it to President Thomas S. Monson, who passed away, we learned early this morning. What a fantastic Yesterday legacy he leaves. Yeah, correct. What a fantastic legacy he leaves behind. Amen to that. And a uh, huge shout-out to the Monson family. I mean, kindness, compassion. Like, he's one of those people that makes you want to be better when you read about his life and what he did. We thank thee, O oh God, for a prophet. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Again, the shout-out to President Thomas S. Monson and his entire family. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern.